Welcome to another episode of the Colorful Kit Podcast after a several week long hiatus. Uh, we got a full house today. Uh, we got Brian, Flo, and Rafa. Rafa's lurking out there. I think he's still connected. Yeah, he's still there. Alright, so big news this week. The beginning of the rosters coming out for uh, for the summer. For first one's for Copa America, forty man preliminary roster. I'm not gonna go through it because it's forty long names. <laughs> but we were talking about this earlier. I mean, do you guys think of any snubs? Can there be any snubs? I mean, anyone want to chime in with someone they think should have made it? Mm-hmm. I think the only name uh, one of the people that. I've shown love to on the podcast before is uh, Eric Gutierrez. Yeah, it's reasonable. Yeah. I think I think uh, that's one player that Osorio tried out, but he's not on the list. Maybe we're thinking about him appearing in, in the Olympics. That would be, I guess, the reasonable answer to that one. But I agree that that's probably the only player, along with Polito. Uh, I yeah. think a lot of people were, were asking about Alan Polito. Brian, do you think of, can you think of anyone? Not any major snubs. I mean, Polito obviously could have been on there. Uh, I still don't think he's going to be called up for whatever reasons, probably politically, um, between the FMF, but I don't know. Uh, other than that, I think it's a pretty good call-up. I mean, we can definitely sort out a good team with those names. I mean, we can leave it. We, we can get a decent team from the games. We're probably going to get left out. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the goalkeeping situation, um, Talavera, Chuy Corona, Piculin, and John Rosco, and then that memo guy from Malaga. <laughs> Mexico's going to bring three, correct? Three goals? Yeah. Um, what are the three? Which two you think are getting left out? Anyone? I think uh, Orozco and Piculin are going to be the chosen ones. They're probably gonna be left out. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think Osorio has had plenty of time with Orozco, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and Picolina, I don't think he he has the quality of a Corona, Talavera, or even an Ochoa when when he's in form. So uh, I can see that. Uh, I again, they're probably the top three goalkeepers in Mexico or that are Mexican. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, for me, it's Picolina and, and Orozco. Brian, do you think whichever two goalkeepers are left out, you think one of those is going to go to the Olympics? I think it's possible. Um, I Like I said, I think Talavera. My, I actually think Talavera is not going to make it. I think it's going to be Ochoa, Orozco, and Corona. Um, but then again, I mean, I guess Talavera could make it and still go to the Olympics because, you know, it's not like a midfielder playing two tournaments. If he doesn't start, then he doesn't start, you know? Um, but yeah, my three would have been Ochoa, Roscoe, and Corona. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely possible that uh, one of those players that is left out will make it to the Olympics, like like the last time we had an uh, overage player for goalkeeper. Yeah, and uh, Flo, who do you start? Copa America, game one. <clears throat> well, to me, no surprise. Uh, I start Ochoa. Um, I think he's finally getting some games in, um, and we'll see how he does. I mean, to me, he's a he's a shot stopper, and I think for Copa America, we're gonna go get some some great talent. Uh, we're gonna go get some top players like Luis Suarez. Well, hopefully, get some top players like Luis Suarez and, and everyone. 
And I think we need a, a shot stopper and goal. They're they're gonna get their shots off, and we need someone and goal that can that can stop them. I mean, it's I would have disagreed with you, but the last was it month and a half he's played now in a row for Malaga, and I think he's gonna close out the season. He's finally getting some playing time, finally showing us what he can do, as opposed to his two games a year at Copa del Rey. So yeah, I I vote for Memo, but I, I wouldn't be too shocked or too disappointed if Talavera starts. He's been consistent all year. He's been consistent for Mexico. But one guy that didn't get called up was uh, Munoz. Yeah. He went from starting... Did he start the Copa, like a Confeds Cup game? Yeah. Yes, he did. He was a starter. And now he's not even starting in his club. Yeah. Well, just to backtrack a little bit on, on Talavera... For me, I think Talavera is going to start, but but the issue with Talavera is that he's been having this knee injury that's been bothering him for for almost a year now, which is why I think he'll be starting and he probably won't be able to make it to the Olympics because he's just been putting off that that surgery for his knee. Uh, I think at one point or another he's going to have to take some time off and uh, and let that let that knee heal, uh, which is something that. He hasn't been very open about, but it's been out there that, that he's struggling with a knee injury. Uh, he missed a couple of games for, for Toluca the, these past few weeks, well, which is why I, I would be shocked if Talavera plays at, in the Olympics. Uh, but again, you just never know. Uh, as for Munoz, like you said, he, he's just lost a starting spot to Hugo Gonzalez at Club America. Uh, and to be honest, uh, I, I don't think he was even going to be considered a, a, as a starter with with Mexico, even even if he started with with Club America, because like you said, Guillermo Chua's back back to to being a starter for now, uh, and then you have Talavera and Jose Jesus Corona, who who's done pretty well for Cruz Azul. Yeah, I don't I don't see Corona going to the Olympics again. He's he's been there. He's he captained. He was the captain in 2012. He won the gold. I don't see him going to the Olympics. I think he's put that behind him, but I like. Like Rafa says, you ne- you never know with Mexico and their roster decisions. You just don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, defenders, I think we're all pretty set that the four defenders we're going to see are going to be Aguilar, Layun, Moreno, and Diego Reyes. Anyone else disagree that those are going to be the starters? No, that should be that should be them. I mean, that should be it. I don't see anyone stepping in, and and I don't know. It's just that's the back four, but. Um, Flo, who do, who do you think is the guy that's going to come off the bench, the first defender off the bench, if someone gets hurt or banged up or suspension? Mm. Well, from the – well, it's tough. So I, I haven't really seen what JCO likes. But from the summer, I would say uh, Corona would uh, be a good candidate to be the first defender off the bench. And, oh, Rafa, you have strong feelings towards Yasser Corona. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh yeah, I, I don't know if he's the best option. Uh, he's actually been benched with uh, with Querétaro, uh, which is odd that, that he's been added to, to his list. But uh, one thing I do like about Yasser Corona is sometimes you need that, that one player in the locker room that, that makes everybody smile and you know gets a good laugh out of people. Uh, he's good at that. I mean, that, that's always important in, uh, in a tournament like this when people don't realize that these guys are stuck in a hotel room for, for a month. Uh, it's it's always good to have that that one guy that's the life of the party and you know just makes everybody smile. Uh, it's a good jokester and everything. Uh, I think Yasser Corona is good at that. Uh, uh, let's be honest. I mean, just looking at his Twitter feed, uh, you get a good laugh. 
But in terms of, of his talent, I think he he probably will will be maybe second string if 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 Hector Moreno gets hurt or something. Uh, he's also a guy who can play left back, so so there is that. Uh, but you know, again, I look at it in the in the personal part of the game where uh, he's that jokester, the guy you you want to have in that team to to get everybody going. And when when things get serious, you, you like to have that guy who makes that one joke that makes everybody laugh. Uh, the psychological part of the game is it, it, always important, and I think Yasser Koran can help with that. Uh, but again, I'm not the biggest fan when it comes to <laughs> to, to his on the field talents. Yeah, I mean, we were talking before the podcast talking about the guys who were struggling. Yes, a Corona in that Senegal game. I I don't know how many times I was yelling at the TV saying, "What are you doing?" Like, granted, the, it was, they were playing soccer on the baseball field, so the field wasn't as great. But he was just sloppy mess after sloppy mess. Um, but do you, I know uh, Brian, you've been watching uh, Diego Reyes at Real Sociedad. And do you think he his added mention of playing in the midfield? Do you think that that could be important for Juan Carlos Osorio? I think it can because he has done it a lot with Real Sociedad. But he's I done still, it well. He's done it well. Yeah, oh, mean. absolutely. He's uh, he's been very impressive. I just don't think he's going <clears> to <throat> do that right away. I think he's still going to stay in the center back position. Um, but then again, you know. Does Rafa Marquez make the make make the list? Does you know, if if he needs to make a different tactical decision, you know that's that's just another added bonus with Reyes because his game is evolving every week with Sociedad from what I've seen. So yeah, I mean that definitely has a huge boost. But for right now, I'd still see him just stay in that center back position. First thing I would do at camp is I would stick. I, I've said this several times. I would stick Diego Reyes. Diego Reyes' locker, locker right next to Rafa Marquez. If, <laughs> if we can get Rafa Marquez's just intelligence into Diego Reyes, yeah. we'd be good for the next 10 years. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> similar players, similar players. Flo, I know you're a big uh, Chivas fan. Do you, are you surprised at all to see Carlos Alcido in this list and Dedos Lopez? Uh, a little surprised, um, just based on Salcido not making the rosters you know, before. Um, I know Dedos uh, got the call up not too long ago, uh, a few months back. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was definitely a little surprised. Of course, it's a 40-man roster, so there's going to be a lot yeah. of names on here. But, yeah, I, I was a little surprised. And, Rafa, I know you've seen him. You've you've talked about this before. But do you think um, Horsorio sees Dedos just as a defender? Or do you think he might even... Not not that we are not that Mexico is short of you know wide players, but do you think uh, he could be played out there for Mexico? Yeah, uh, I think he, I think Osorio does look at him as a, as a right back primarily. Uh, the thing with Delos Lopez is that he hasn't been playing regularly with Chivas, and when he has, he's been playing on the wing. Yeah, uh, he's been struggling a bit. Uh, I think one of the reasons was that. Uh, uh, he wasn't very happy that the last time around that he wasn't in the last call-up because Chivas didn't let him. Uh, so that sort of brought some conflict a bit, and you know his level went down a bit. But I think, personally, I don't think he he will make the 23-man list. Uh, I think there's a chance we'll see him at the Olympics. Uh, I think Osorio likes uh, Israel Jimenez a bit more. Uh, I'm personally a big fan of uh, of Jimenez. I think that... Uh, he he's, he has all the tools to be a, a modern right back. 
Uh, he sort of slots into a midfield when when he when he needs to. Uh, he probably likes a bit of size. He, he's not very good uh, in the air, uh, but other than that, he he's the kind of you know just your typical right back, your, your modern right back. The this is a I don't like this comparison because Philip Lom is you know out of this world, but he's that kind of player. You know that uh, he he's a very balanced in in, in his skill set. Uh, which is why I, I, I don't think that Delos Lopez is going to make this 23-man roster. Uh, but with Delos Lopez, he, he's a guy who, if he works on his defensive part of the game a bit better, uh, he could be he could be a good, a good right-back in the future. Uh, I don't know if Osorio sees him as a right-winger, uh, which is exactly why uh, I don't see him making a 23-man list. And let's be honest, when, when it comes to the wing, uh, Mexico is just oozing in talent. We have Irving Osano, Tecatito, and we can just go on and on. And uh, interesting thing, all those three guys you just mentioned, they're all age-eligible for the Olympics. Yeah. Every single one of them. But I, do we all agree that Tecatito is going to play Copa America? I mean, I don't, sure. see him, I don't see him going anywhere else. I mean, I don't see him making the Olympics. And I know Porto has come out and said he's only going to play in one tournament. Well, there's no yeah. chance he, he plays at the Olympics, I think, because uh, Porto are third, and they're going to have to play that, that one playoff game. Yeah. Playoff series. Hopefully, they don't play against the mighty Arsenal. Against yeah, Arsenal. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the midfield. Just Mexico is just so loaded in the midfield nowadays. It's so nice to see like the depth. And I, I know he's. I don't even know how many starts he's actually played. But Brian Canido Ramirez makes the squad. Makes the prelim list. Yeah. You know, I think he makes that though based off of what Osorio saw in the friendly um, against Senegal, I, you know, I, I think it's going to be hard to have him make it, though. Um, but, you know, it's interesting to see him see him added, though. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure he's going to make it at the end. He's, he's had two starts this season for Monterrey. Yeah. The league. I mean, he had a good little game there with in – February with the national team, but I mean, you need to be regularly playing to really have a a say in this, you know. Yeah, I know, Rafa. You you think that uh, Osorio likes him because he's just a pure winger on the left. He's left footed. Yeah. <laughs> Mexico <laughs> cannot make left footed. What is wrong with yeah. this? I would just make every kid in the academy just learn how to do everything with their left foot. Yeah. You know, Osorio. Same with Yasser Corona. I mean, these are guys who are not playing, but they're left footed, so they're in the squad. Uh, I think another added thing about Canelo Ramirez is he can play left back. Uh, I, th- I know he's listed as a forward. They also have Orbelin Pineda listed as a forward. I, I don't know why they, the FMF decided to to list Orbelin as a forward. They're just but, trolling us, man. They're just trolling us. But but Canelo can play left back as well. So there's that, I guess. <laughs> but there's a guy. This is a guy who who hasn't played regularly for Monterrey, and he he's in this forty man list. <laughs> And he's also age eligible for the U twenty three. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's safe to say that if any of the players that are age eligible don't make the final list, I think they're pretty much guaranteed in the Olympics. I would say. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I got your favorite player, Flo, Chucky Lozano. <laughs> yeah, they got Chucky in there, and my other favorite player, Marco Fabian. <laughs> Marquito Fabian. Yes. The German legend. 
God, man, they, I, I, I'm so conflicted when I watch. Uh, well, not that I really watch him when he's not playing, but Frankfurt. Anytime they play him, I, I'm conflicted with wanting him to just be terrible, so the coach can play Fabian. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't want them to get relegated, and then he's going to be playing a second division next year. Yeah. So, but I've seen pretty much every single minute he's played in Germany, and his work rate is high. He's always coming back for the ball. I mean, he's playing on a team that's not expected to win, so it's not like he's playing on a high-powered offense, but he's very involved. He He's a player that's impressed me, and I don't know about you guys, but I... I think going to Germany, whether he's playing or not, I think it's been a good move for his career. And I know he's been wanting to do that for, it seems, since before the 2010 World Cup. I mean, it's just, yeah, man. Well, from every game I've seen, he's been very good. I know he had one subpar game where I think one of his passes led to a counter, and then that led to a goal. But other than that, he was building a really good uh, rhythm with his team. And, you know, right before he got the new coach came, came in, he had the game-tying assist. I mean, he had... He was doing really well with the team, and uh, you know, whatever reason the coach didn't want to play him, um, I'm just glad he saw some minutes this past week because he will be a he is a good player to have on any call up for Mexico. So, yeah, I mean, he's very flexible. He can play all across the midfield, left, yeah, middle, right, and I do see him making the final 23. Me too. Yeah, for sure. And I think someone was saying, I think I forget who which writer was talking about, but they're saying like. Molino, Gallito, and I think, who was it, Duenas? I think only, he was saying only one of those. Do you guys think Gallito's going to make the list? Uh, I mean, we, all love, we all love Gallito, but this midfield is kind of stacked. I would well, bring him. I would bring him. Well, let's be honest here. One thing Mexico can never complain about is the quality of the defensive midfielders. And, and it's not just the quality, it's the style of midfielders they can play. I mean, you have every single style you can, basically just every style of football possible. Uh, you have a guy like Aito Vasquez who's more of a, a close-down spaces, runs all over the field. You have a guy like Jesus Molina, which is more physical, uh, more of that tiempista, as we like to call it in Spanish. Uh, you can play Jonathan Dos Santos there, who's more of a creative kind of guy, you have Andres Bardalo, who's more of a guy who's more vertical. I mean, Diego Reyes. There's so many guys that, that Mexico can play in the defensive midfielder spot. That That's one spot that Mexico have absolutely no issue with. Uh, now, if you ask me where the the biggest fight for spots are, I think it's there. I think that's where uh, we're get, Juan Carlos Osorio is probably losing sleep just trying to figure out who's going to play those defensive midfielder spots because uh, Mexico just can't, can't complain about those spots. Uh, I don't. I would like to see Gallito Vasquez in there, just because again he's more of that kind of guy who who runs the field, who closes down spaces, uh, who who can run like several miles a game, uh, just doing what he does best. Uh, but there, I don't know. It's going to be tough for for Osorio. I mean, I love me some Gallito Vasquez. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean he's he's a really hardworking player. I just um, from the game where. Molina was subbed in for Marquez, and then the second game he did a really good job. And I think, I think Osorio likes that type of uh, role to have, you know, that physical player in that spot. Um, and he hasn't really seen um, too many people or too many players in that spot. That's why people were trying to say, "Oh, you know, I don't think Jonah's going to make it." Well, thankfully he did because he deserves to. But um, I think I think Molina might 
might win that spot over if you if you had to ask me comparing him to Duenas and Gallito. But I think Gallito brings that that certain edge whether Me- when Mexico's protecting a lead or they're playing a quote unquote powerhouse team because he was he was amazing in that game against Argentina. Yes. I know it was a friendly, but he was he was really good at flow. I know you were at that game along with like 90,000 other Mexicans, but Gallito was he was he was really Good player that game. Yeah, he's he stuck to Messi like glue that game. Uh, he was in the midfield. Him and Guardado were in the midfield, just causing problems the entire game. I'm pretty sure Argentina did not score when when uh, he was on the field. It was like when he got subbed down like the 60th minute. That's when they made their little comeback. Mm-hmm. So, when Aguero came in. Yeah. <laughs> but I, Rafa, who do you start? Assuming it's a four-three-three. That's tough. <laughs> That's really tough. You know, I think we might see, at least in one game, we might see Andres Guardado slot in, just like he does with PSV. I can see that. Um, especially against uh, lesser opponents. I mean, with all due respect to to Venezuela and, and Jamaica, which Jamaica has a very good team, actually. Yeah. But, again, it, it's just... It's tough, uh, I mean, if if I'm having a tough time des- deciding who starts, imagine Juan Carlos Osorio. Uh, well, who's your starting three in the midfield? For me? Yeah. Uh, realistically, it's probably going to be... Uh, I don't know, that's a, that, that's a really tough one. I, I can see Molina and Guardado having, having those spots... Uh, there might be a situation where he rotates and he doesn't play Hector Herrera along with them, but normally I think it would be Molina, Herrera, and Guardado. Uh, now, if you ask me, I think it should be Guardado playing that, that defensive midfielder role along with Herrera. Uh, and ideal, I mean, for me, this is not going to happen. Uh, I, I can bet on it, but I'd like to see Orbelin get a shot. I think he, he's the kind of player who who can play that, that Gallito Vasquez role without actually being so central like like Caito Vasquez is, uh, if I'm making a little bit more sense. Uh, because Orbelin is just a guy who covers so much ground uh, and has so much potential going forward, as we've seen with Chivas. Uh, I think that that guy is is a player for the future, if you ask me. But realistically, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's too soon. And then I'll say it again, Pineda, another guy, age-eligible for the U23. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they could put together little... a good team. Yeah, I mean... I think there's what eight eligible players on this list. There, yeah, I think there's eight of them that's eligible for the World Cup U23 World. Oh, yeah, sorry, the U23, uh, the Olympic squad. But we're talking about Chivas. Flo, were you surprised that uh, Brizuela's on this list? Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely I am. But again, it's it's a it's a forty man roster, man. Yeah. I, I, but going back to the. Uh, to the midfield, I just wanted to say that. Um, do you guys not see? Does anyone see Gaito starting um, for us at, at the Copa America? I mean, the only game I think I would maybe start him is against Uruguay. If you want that, you know, that bite, that extra bite in the midfield, I could see that. I think it depends on the game itself, but I don't think he starts right away. Um... But then again, Osorio. He has options. He's got options. 
Got a lot of things to ponder over these next few weeks. What, what player we haven't talked about is Elias Hernandez. Well, what do what do you think about that guy? I mean, uh, this is a guy who's been consistently putting up numbers with Leon for quite a while now, actually, uh, and he's finally in this list. Uh, I know he got a shot uh, with Ricardo Tuca Ferretti, but he he didn't do very well. He didn't do bad, but he was just there, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah. he's he makes this forty man list, and, and this is a guy who. Statistically speaking, he's been the best Mexican midfielder in Liga Amekis for for the past two years or so. Uh, but he's there. I, I mean, do do we see this guy making the the forty man list, or or what do you guys think? Who would you play him over? <laughs> exactly, it, it's that's, tough. I mean, that's like, what do you think he could slide in though? You think he's only a center, a, like a D mid? No, Elias Hernandez. He's yeah. more of a winger. He, yeah. Which is where, again, Mexico yeah. has so much talent. But the thing with uh, Osorio is he likes that to have that that number ten guy, that Marco Fabian kind of guy. Uh-huh. Uh, Elias Hernandez is no stranger to to a position like that. Uh, but again, do do we see him making the the twenty three man list? I, I know there's another guy who, who we'll probably talk about later, Giovanni Los Santos, who can also slot into that number ten role. Uh, I don't know. I, I just wanted to bring him up because I think Elias Hernandez deserves a shot because. Uh, he's just been phenomenal for for Leon these past two years or so. Uh, but is he good enough? Is it, is he maybe another Uguayala where where he shines at Tigres, but when it comes to a national team, he he sort of just steps down a lot. Uh, I mean, it's just there's only one Uguayala. There's only <laughs> one. <laughs> well, I think he I think he uh, Elias Hernandez reminds me of Talavera, where they're just so consistent. But then there's like other players in front of them, who are maybe not as consistent, but have higher peaks. You know, yeah. Like Memo Ochoa, I I think Memo is more talented than Dalavera, but Dalavera has been steady for the last five years, starting every game. You know, like he's been consistent. And but when it comes down to it, I think we all kind of picked, we all kind of lean towards Memo. You know, starting if we had to start one player, and I think same thing because with the Elias Hernandez, it's just. When it comes to push comes to shove, do I want to start him? Do I want to play Fabian or somebody else? You know, like I don't know. But I think Hernandez. I mean, Hernandez could be one of the overage players. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Yeah. I mean, he's only twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, something like that. He could be uh, the he could be the uh, Oribe Peralta of the of this Olympics. Sure. Where he can where he use that to springboard into a full senior national team career because. Because Oribe was, I mean, he was getting called up, but that that Olympics kind of cemented his spot with L3, I mm. think. Yeah. Made him a legend, actually. Yeah, I mean, he scored that goal, man. I was going crazy in my basement. I was just yelling by myself. <laughs> I was all home alone. I think I popped a beer after that. It was like 9.15 Chicago time in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, forwards, I'll just go through these forwards here. We got Vela. Giovanni Dos Santos, Chicharito, Jimenez, Peralta, Lalo Herrera, and Tecatito. Now, I think it's been confirmed that Benfica have allowed Jimenez to play in the Olympics if he wants. If Mexico wants. So, he's got clearance to do that. But, I think Osorio is a big fan of his. I know Rafa's talked about this. I know Rafa's a big fan of Jimenez. 
You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, do we just automatically assume he's going to make the Olympics and not this? I think he'll, he'll again, you said the possibilities that he'll probably be on. Uh, he could be on both of these. I don't uh, see Benfica letting him do both of them. I honestly don't. Uh, I, I can let. I can see it. I don't see it just because the Olympics is so late in the summer. Well, this this is the thing. Uh, I know Tom brought this up. Tom Marshall from you guys probably know him. Uh, he brought this great point up that uh, that Portuguese clubs are selling clubs. Uh, if they want to uh, expose their player to to more international scene, they're they're willing to do it. Uh, just imagine if Jimenez has a has a very good. Copa America and then goes on to to the Olympics and plays a a big role there as well. I mean, teams are are going to be looking at, at Raúl Jiménez and, and thinking, you know, this guy could potentially help our team in the future. And and Benfica would be more than happy to 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 let go of Raúl if if a good offer comes. I mean, not maybe not within the next six months or year, uh, but definitely teams will, will keep track of of Raúl Jiménez just because of the tradition Benfica has of producing. Or, or buying well, I should say, uh, these players who, who end up being studs at, at, at other teams. So I do see Raul Jimenez uh, going ahead and playing both tournaments. Uh, the question for me is, is Oribe Peralta going to be there? I, I know Oribe Peralta was not in, uh, in the last call-up, and we just spoke about how Oribe was uh, you know, this mythical figure at the last Olympics, uh, who just you know, wrote his name in the history books. Uh, in Mexican soccer folklore, but is he going to be there again? Is this the player who who does not make the the twenty three man list and uh, and makes it to the Olympics? I think uh, for me, Raúl can be one of those underage players, but I think he's looking more towards uh, Oribe Peralta. I don't know how you feel, Flo, but I only see either Lalo or Peralta. I don't see both making the squad. Yeah, I mean, how, do you know how many fours they're planning on taking? Well, that's the thing. They got these four listed, but they've, they they've also been they can play Chucky in a you know a four three three as a wide player. They can do that with you know Fabian can also play that. So I mean, it's just I don't know. I, I don't know how many they're going to take. Do you see Chucky playing in Copa over Olympics? I see or Chucky both? playing at both. Both. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I don't see Lalo. And Peralta, I only see Lalo or Peralta. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about Peralta. I mean, last few times hasn't been too impressive. How old is he now? Thirty-one, I think. No, it's gonna be no, older he's... than that. It's like thirty-three, it... I think. I Ooh. thought he was thirty-one at the last Olympics. <laughs> no, I thought he was twenty. A thirty-two. He's thirty-two. He's thirty-two. Oh, are you Peralta? Or... Yeah. Oh, okay. He just he turned thirty two in uh, January. I mean, he's got sixteen goals this year. For, he's actually been playing well. Yeah. He's been playing well the last couple months. Yeah, but uh, do you think he'd want to play in the Olympics again? I mean, that's that's my question about Raúl because he won it already too. So yeah, but I mean, he only played seventy six minutes, like you know. Yeah. The whole time. True, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think. I think I think uh, Brazil putting so much effort into the Olympic squad might motivate some other players to want to play in the Olympics and try to go beat Brazil again. I mean, that's my personal view. Yeah, but it's I hate to sound be like that guy, but Mexico's been there, done that. You know, 
<laughs> I mean, that's how Brazil feels about the Copa America. That's how they're treating it. They're, they're, you know, they know we want to win the Olympics at home. We've never won the Olympics. It's the one trophy we've never won. I mean, I think they're doing that mostly because it's in their in their yeah. home country, not yeah. because not necessarily they've never won it. I think it's mostly because it's at home. I think it's both. I mean, do you think does anyone else here think that Neymar would be playing in this over Copa America if they won the gold in London? Yeah, he probably yeah. would. I could see. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we can all agree that. That one of the underage players, at least one of them, uh, overage players, excuse me, uh, at least one of them is going to be a striker or a forward. Oh yeah, has to be. I mean, we're we're not getting a lot from from Kubo Torres or uh, and the rest of the forwards in there. No, no one. That's actually the scariest position, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm okay with them bringing an attacking midfielder and a forward. Mm-hmm. I mean. And just not getting a goalie and getting like a defender as the other overage players. Which is kind of crazy when you think about Mexico's loaded, you know, their U23 is loaded, and they're only going to bring 15 U23 players because you can only bring 18 to the Olympics, and three of them are going to be overage. So. Well, I'd like to say one final thing about, about this roster and the Olympics overall. I think when it comes to, I think uh, Chivas has been very open about this. I'm not sure if they'll be convinced about this. But when it comes to Chivas players, I don't see their players playing on both, in both tournaments. Oh, no, no. Uh, I think Carlos Salcedo, if he makes it to to the, the Copa America, he probably won't play in, in the Olympics because Chivas is is very strict about this. They, they want their players back by, by the start of the tournament uh, because I think players that actually go to the Olympics are going to miss like two or three weeks of... of I think it's up to like a week... Week five or something, I saw because they, yeah. they were talking about Chuka players and like, yeah, well, we need to make sure they, they, you know, they take their preseason and get ready because when they come back, it's going to be week five or six of the season already. Yeah, but but Pachuca is, is one of those clubs who, who really don't care. They're, oh, they're, they're gonna, well, yeah, they, they know they're hey, they're gonna, they know they're going to cash in that yeah. chip soon enough. Yeah, as opposed to Chivas, who they've been very open about this. They're like, nope, we want our players back if they're gonna uh, if they're gonna be at the Olympics and you know they better be back ASAP. So, which is why I don't see Carlos Salcedo making this uh, this uh, Copa America squad. I think he, if he's going to play one tournament, it's going to be the Olympics because that's just where he fits better. So there, there's that conflict to to keep an eye out for. Uh, well, same, at the same, same time, hasn't it been reported by multiple people that Salcedo is gone this summer? Oh well, yeah, that's true. So, I mean, if. If I'm signing, if I'm you know taking a risk signing this young Mexican player, I want him in preseason. So, if I'm then his new team, you know, rumored to be a Bundesliga club, if I'm his Bundesliga club, I'm saying, yo, I want him in preseason. So go play Copa America. Yeah, but again, it's just something to keep an eye out for. Same with Orbelin Pineda and Delos Lopez and all the other Chivas players that uh, that have a possibility of playing both tournaments. So you never know. Hey Flo. Defend your team. Why aren't you guys helping out Mexico? What's up with that? I don't know, man. There's, there's not enough Mexicans to go around. <laughs> we need them back. We don't have a bunch of, uh, you know, Argentines and Colombians and everything in our squad. <laughs> That's a valid point, actually. Just bring up all your all your Cora Stepek players, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Isn't half that roster Chivas players anyways? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so so where is uh, Sarcillo supposed supposedly going again? Oh, Sarcillo? I've heard Benfica. I've heard, like, was it Wolfsburg? I've, I don't know. I've heard a couple different teams. You guys hear yeah, anything I, else? I keep hearing Bundesliga, but I don't yeah. hear, like, a team attached to it. Well, I keep hearing, like, I think even he said something along the lines, like, the the move's been done. I will, you know, I'm not going to talk about it until then. So it seems like things, like, shit's been signed. Like, hey, it's going to happen. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> it was Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened with Bayern Munich <laughs> today. That's for another podcast. That's for another podcast. <laughs> that game was insane. Well... I guess we'll transition from uh, the Champions League to the CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> smooth transition there. Um, Brian, how how did Club America do it against Tigres? Uh, Tigres didn't show up, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. I thought Tigres was going to put a beat down at home first. Uh, and it just, nothing was happening for them. Uh, in um, Club America, just... Took advantage of all those counterattacks and then finally got their goals. And then, uh, except for the one time where they got taken back, which I still don't understand what happened on that. Um, on that one play when uh, they called it offside, but yeah, they just yeah, it could have been three zero. Yeah, they just waited their waited their chances and capitalized. And then, obviously, Tigres fell asleep in the second half of the second leg and. Arroyo comes on and does some Arroyo type type things, and that was that. <laughs> that was the end of that one. Right, that was it. I mean, it's just Tigers. Like, what is going on with Tigers this year, Rafa? Like, it's just they're currently in like what, like tenth place, something like that. Well, they they can still qualify, but they need to be Cruz Azul in the, the last game of the season. But I, I agree. I think it. It has to do more with the fact that Ricardo Ferretti just has failed to to administrate this uh, this squad appropriately. Uh, a lot of times, we when we watch European football, uh, and we like to think that oh, you know these these are super mega clubs that uh, that play three games a week or two games a week, and uh, why can't Liga and Mekis club do that? Uh, I think it's a lot harder than it sounds. Uh, Tuka has failed to rotate appropriately. Uh, a lot of those guys just do not look fresh. I mean, if, if you saw the the second leg against Club America, I mean, uh, they clearly just they just weren't there. It, it wasn't. They liked intensity. They liked uh, they liked that that drive that that they had last season. Um, I think this is just a team that that's tired. Uh, they won't say it publicly. They they won't come out and say you know we're tired, we need rest. Uh, you know they're they're athletes. It's not something you hear from them often. Um, but yeah, I think it's it just comes down to Ricardo Tucaferetti not not administering this uh, this team as well. Because let's be honest, they they have they are a phenomenal team. I mean, they have they have depth in, in almost every position. Uh, they have Andre Pierre Gignac, uh, who who's arguably one of the top three players in the league. Uh, I think they had enough to, to actually win the CONCACAF Champions League and make the league a spot. Uh, but if, if there's one issue here, if there's one person responsible for this, I think it's Ricardo Tuga Ferretti. 
And I don't want to sound too harsh because, again, this is the guy who, who earned Mexico a spot in the Confederations Cup, but I think he got it wrong here. It's almost like Tigres doesn't have any youth players, but... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not even go there. I know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Uniac can only do so much. I mean, yeah. how, did he sc- how many goals did he score? He scored, he scored their only goal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then what what was Guzman doing? What I feel like he has like one or two like plays where we don't know what he's doing, where he thinks he's I, Manuel Nor. I don't know what he was doing in that first leg. He's running all over the midfield. It was insane. Yeah, that was that was pretty ridiculous. But I there was like... a, there was that three forty yard attempts because he's all over the place. <laughs> I like I like Nahuel Guzman. I'll, I'll just say that. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's been called up recently by Argentina. No, he's a good. He is good. It's just I don't know what he was doing that game. Oh. I won't defend him. I, I think he he got it wrong in at least one of the goals. But, but I think he he's a good goalkeeper. I think he he has more good moments than he has bad. Yeah, I mean he he's good. I'm not gonna say anything, but just there's like a couple howlers. Like every there's a couple decisions where I'm just like, what is he doing? Like. It's, but he's good enough where you can get away with it a lot of the times, but yeah, not always. Well, both both big art um, Argentinian keepers had flubs in the Conca Champions. Marches seems but the ball went right through his fingers. That's a pretty good point, actually. Right. Yeah, you're right. Isn't Marches. that basically how America qualified? Yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> with a spectacular free kick. Yeah. I like how Flo's being real quiet when we're all talking about Club America. <laughs> I have nothing to say. <laughs> well, Flo, how do you feel about your your team possibly making La Liga for the first time in, I don't know, how long? Well, they're already in. Didn't we already make it? Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't be trying to cheat my club. <laughs> it's pretty much, what, the Luca, Pumas, Tigres, and Cruz Azul for the last spot? Yeah, I think the Luca's out. It, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's yeah, they're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty much a goal difference kind of eliminates them. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Liga MX table. We have Monterrey, America, Pachuca, Leon, Santos, Chivas, Morelia. I'm surprised Morelia's out there, and then we got Cruz Azul. I'm I'm shocked how many points Monterrey has. It's like they just snuck up there. They got 37 points. They've won their last four games, and they have a plus 16 goal difference. They've been killing it. It's almost like Monterrey of old. All we need is Chipete Suazo to come out of retirement. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we talked about this earlier in the year. I I think we all said Tigres was the favorite, but now are they even going to get into La Liga? <laughs> no, doesn't look like it. I'm not sure. I mean, they have the frustrating thing with them is they have seven draws, yeah, or six draws. So it's like they just can't seem to close out games. They look a bit like Arsenal out there. <laughs> yeah, they look like our pro clubs team out there. <laughs> That's uh, our pro clubs team, man. Just struggling. It's rough out there. It's rough out there. You gotta jump on, Rafa. We need we need a goalie. You can be our memo. Oh, 
Noah Guzman. Yeah, oh, never mind. Keeper. We could be our Noah Guzman. That's fine. Just that's stay sweeper stay keeper. The sweeper keeper. <laughs> but yeah, let's just hope Club America does does a better job than it did at the last, you know, Club World Cup because that was kind of embarrassing. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I know people don't, you know, don't put a lot of stock in it, but you know, people still watch. I mean, I was saying the other day that's how Tecatito kind of got not discovered, but that's how he came out. He played well against Chelsea and. You know, a couple of years perked up, and look where he's at now. He's at Porto. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did lose to a team that had a couple names that we're familiar with, but you've got to do better than that. I mean, they should be getting third place. I mean, they, meaning Liga MX, should be getting third place pretty much every single time. I mean, there's really no excuse. I mean, and even the timing, the timing, it's pretty much, it It happens kind of in the middle of Liga action. Yeah. So if if Club America would have done well, I think if they would have advanced in the Liga, I think the championship game would have been put on hold for like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. So I'd be curious to see if Club America does well and they do well in the Liga, what's Liga MX going to do? Yeah, it's hard to say. We might have the title game like on Christmas Eve. <laughs> That'd be sweet. I think that's what I think that's what I think Rafa isn't that what you said? That's yeah. what would have happened. Yeah, that's what would happen if. They were qualified. They were played the, the final on, on Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I would have watched it. Ratings would have been great. Yeah, yeah. that would have been really, really good. So who's the who's the proverbial favorite now? Then. Whew. Give me I your prediction, Rafa. All right, Flo. Yeah. Flo, is that you going with Chivas? Of course. <laughs> Ride and die with Chivas. Talking about Liguilla, right? Yeah. I don't know. I can't see Monterrey being knocked out here. I think they're they're arguably the the best team in this tournament. You know, I think the the league table shows that. I think Turco Mohamed has made a, a phenomenal job. Uh, I don't see it. It's it would be tough. I think uh, if you saw that last game, that that three three against Cuba America, uh, I think those that can potentially be the final. I can see those two teams duking uh, it out one last time for for the the Liga Mekis title. The crazy thing about Monterrey is they have twelve wins this season. No one else has more than eight. It's and insane. one loss and one loss to Chivas. Chivas beat them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. It was a it was a big beat down. Yeah. Was that at Chivas Estadio Chivas? No, it was nope. Was it Monterrey? It was away. Yeah, it was Monterrey. It was it was a huge win actually. Man, maybe Chivas do have it this year, Flo. Maybe this well, is your year. You look at Chivas. I mean, they're only separated with Club America, who's in second by three points. That's insane. I mean, this there everyone's everyone's really close out, outside of Monterrey. Well, from Chivas, Club America's in second place with twenty eight points, and Morelia's in seventh place with twenty two points. <laughs> so. Or even that, yeah, Morelia, no, Morelia has 25 points. So it's literally just goal difference at this point. Yeah. But my dark horse this year is still going to be Pachuca. That's who I think is going to take it. Yeah, I, could, I definitely could see that happening. Yeah. Their defense, I mean, they've only given up 15 goals all year. That's true. Omar Gonzalez is holding it down. <laughs> right, Rafa? Well, uh... I think it, well, it has less to do with 
with old Mar Gonzalez for me then and more with uh Murillo who I think has been the signing of the tournament perhaps. Uh Murillo has just been a wall for 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 Pachuca. Uh, it's funny because I, I actually remember watching him play for, for Atlético Nacional and and I said to myself, uh because this was actually when Pachuca purchased him and, and I'm like, Well this guy's this guy's okay. I mean he it doesn't look like a big deal or anything, you know. Uh, we have better center backs in Mexico than this guy. Uh, but I've been proven wrong. He, he's been phenomenal. I think he's been one of the better center backs, uh, at least top five center backs this, this season in, in the league. I mean, he's he's just been a monster. I think he's even in the Colombian national team, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean, he's just been great for Pachuca. Uh, Omar Gonzalez, of course, has been a huge part of it as well. But uh, I give more credit to, to Murillo. I think he, he has been great for Pachuca. Uh, and we actually talked about this in, in one of the podcasts uh, in the beginning of the season that we're, where we said Pachuca is a really good team, but they just like defenders. Uh, that's where that, I mean, that's where they're soft. That's that's where teams take advantage, of, uh, and they addressed it, uh, and they've done well this season. Uh, personally, I still don't think they they have enough for the title, but you have them as your dark horse, so we'll see. We'll see. What's your prediction, Rafa? Uh, again, I, I think nobody can can take down Monterrey. Uh, now, I like Chivas. I, I really like Chivas. I, I think they. They have the right idea. Those who, who know me personally know I, I love attacking football, uh, and Chivas is all about that. Uh, I, if, if you read my pieces, uh, I you know I talk extensively about Chivas and uh, you know just how how much I admire their wing play, uh, and then they you add the the whole Orbelina and, and Golipena dimension to it. I mean, uh, this is a very complete team. This is a, a really well worked team. They uh, they play attractive brand of football. Uh, they, they I mean. This is a well-coached team. Matias Lamea has done a very good job. Uh, but when it comes to, to them maybe going up against a Leon or a Club América, I think they're going to struggle. These, these are sides that are more tactical. Uh, they like to sit back and play more physical. Uh, and I think that they might struggle there. Uh, if they play a Leon or, or a Club América in the Liguilla, they might run into trouble, uh, which is why I think I, I see Monterrey as the top team. Yeah, they're the favorite right now. But as we all know... Crazy things happen in Ligia once you start. Yeah. Crazy things happen. All right, let's close out the show with some uh, club seasons coming down, winding down for a lot of these teams. Um, Rafa, talk to me about Raul Jimenez, man. He's been on a tear the last month. He's almost got, pretty much going to win the Portuguese title for Benfica with all his late goals. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's been great. He he's been scoring goals. He he's been coming on as a substitute and, and getting the work done. Uh, he just scored the game winner yesterday, I think. Yep, uh, in the cup game. Yeah, in the cup game to to guide him to to another cup final. Benfica seem to be winning everything every single year. I think this is the third time they make the final. Uh, so they're only they're potentially only a win away from winning the the league title as well. Mm-hmm. I think it all depends how Sporting do on Sunday uh, now with Benfica uh, there's chances are that they don't choke but uh, <laughs> looking at these past few games they, they struggled a bit uh, against weak is, teams too yeah uh, it's it's sort of they live in they're living at the edge here they uh, I mean if it weren't for Raul Jimenez these, these games would have easily finished as draws, draws and, yeah and Sporting could have caught up uh, so it w- I wouldn't be entirely surprised if, if they Drop two points, which would be, you know, catastrophic at this point in the season. Uh, 
but I mean they've been struggling a bit. It's not it's not like they're running away with the title or anything. These are these have been really close wins. Uh, and I think that that small margin has been Raul Jimenez, who who's just been there to to score these goals. He's doing his uh, best at Chicharito impression. Eh? Yeah, exactly, United. exactly, basically. But I, I mean, it's going to be close. Uh, but you just never know. Uh, again, it, it would be catastrophic if they drop points in these last two games. Um, but for now, they're 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 going to be league champions yeah. <laughs> thanks to Raul Jimenez. Yeah. Flo, do you think has he, has he surpassed your expectations? I mean, he's got 11 goals now for Benfica. Yeah, I'd say he's uh, well. Yeah, I'd say he's surpassed my uh, expectations. As far as expectations I had for him, maybe mid-year through the season. Um, <clears throat> over the past, I think Cesar um, Hernandez tweeted out that he's hit like three game winners now in the last month or so. I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. One every week. That's, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, so three game winners in the last uh, last month is is impressive. Um, he's definitely coming on um, as a substitute and, and getting the job done. His his work rate, his uh, work that he does for the team, you know, off the ball is has always been great. His hold up play, um, he just wasn't scoring goals for a little bit of time there. Um, but here, late season push, he's he's turned it on. Yeah, I've it's just he's just that team is just so high powered you know they've i was under the impression portal was gonna come and repeat this year but they've struggled and mifika have just swept through and and yeah they've gone by the skin of their teeth but hey man every goal counts um yeah when we still have Villarreal in europa league jordan dos santos he's he's back and he's healthy brian how's he doing now uh well in the last game he was doing pretty good um he does have a high work rate. He's up and down the field. I still not a huge fan of him playing that wide though. Yeah, he kind of pinches in. He tries to pinch in. He plays at right midfield, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it does take away from his creativity. Although I know Mexican players in this day and age need to be flexible, uh, need to be versatile. So um, at least he's getting experience over there, and he's he's not making any big mistakes. Of course, he had us holding our breath when he fell after taking a hit, but um, it was nothing serious. Uh, and then I, I, I think it's good news, actually, that he wasn't um, playing this weekend because I think they're going to they're gonna start him again against Liverpool. So, I mean, he's, you know, it wasn't like he had an injury and then they, they're going to fill him in. Like, they definitely have big plans to keep him in the starting 11 uh, moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he's that he's been, he's been a key component for them this year. <clears throat> and they're... On the verge of clinching, or I think they did they officially yeah they officially clinched yeah. Champions League last week, yeah, which is impressive. It's humongous. Yeah, so, but we'll see. I mean, they're still in Europa. They might clinch it that way too. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> well, from one Dos Santos to the other, Geo is heating up. Rafa, I know you cover him for SP Nation. How's he? he he's got three goals in the last four games, or four goals the last three four games. Four goals, yeah. Yeah, he's he had that that double against Houston, and then he scored against Real Salt Lake, and he just scored this this past week against Sporting KC. Uh, he's definitely picking it up. He he's he's getting more playing time, of course, because he just came back from injury. Uh, I mean, he's he's been playing well. I think it, it's helped that uh, Robbie Keane ha, is has been out with injury. Uh, I think one. One thing that that's not mentioned often is that uh, 
when it comes to the LA Galaxy, uh, because I cover them, you know, on a day-to-day basis. But uh, when it comes to the LA Galaxy, the um, a lot of the focus uh, when it comes to the attack uh, is on Robbie Keane because this is a star player. This is this is what the team is. You know, he's a captain. He, he's a go-to guy. Uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of Mexico fans are like, "Well, you know, what Giovanni Santos? Why isn't he scoring? You know, ten goals a game or something like that?" But it's because a lot of the Galaxy game plan is, is around Robbie Keane. So Giovanni Santos is the guy who's probably second in order after after Robbie Keane. But now that Robbie Keane's been out for for a few weeks, I think Giovanni Santos has stepped up and uh, and started scoring goals. Uh, the problem is when Robbie Keane comes back, he can will probably be back either this weekend or or next. Uh, are we going to see Giovanni Santos again play that secondary role again? That that role that that you know the average Mexico fan does not like the the you know the more decoy Giovanni Santos, the guy who who isn't scoring two goals a game. Giovanni Santos, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's tough, but for now he he's doing well. Uh, as a fan, I'll say I hope he keeps scoring, uh, and there's a way that that he can interact with Robbie King where both can we can get the both of the the best of both worlds here. Uh, but I, I think it, it'll be tough going forward because he's just not the focal point of, of LA Galaxy's attack. Uh, but for now, it, it, it's, it's been enough to earn him a spot at the, in that 40-man roster. So at least he can use that as motivation to, uh, to keep scoring goals. Yeah, and I mean, I know people gave him and gave him a lot of crap for moving to MLS, but Flo, do you think this just automatically just lowers him and like oh he's an MLS he's he should not he shouldn't be called up to the national team like I, see, I constantly see people saying because we were talking about oh he's heating up and people are like so it's MLS I'm like but I mean come on guys how do you feel Flo are you want which in which camp are you uh I'd say I'd say if he's in form if he's scoring goals for no matter what team he's on whatever no matter what league he's in if he's scoring goals he needs to be looked at and he needs to be considered for the for the national team and he is scoring goals now. He's healthy, so I'm okay with him being called up. Um, I don't know. How do you feel, Brian? Uh, I know you're not a biggest MLS fan. <laughs> no, I mean, I still say that was one of the worst club moves in Mexican uh, current, like recent Mexican history. But I mean, I'm not gonna <clears throat> completely rule him out in any sense. I mean, I know the one game they beat um, Real Salt Lake. 5-2 and every single attacking player scored. So, I mean, I'm not going to start like nitpicking his goals, but um if he's playing in a high, you know, at a high rate or is he has a rhythm, I mean, you have to look at it. You have to, you know, put that in the depth, on depth chart, but um you know, and if he starts cooling down, I mean, it's not like he has an automatic spot. You know, yeah. I don't want to I want to Remember when he was at Tottenham, he wouldn't even play and we wouldn't even question. We would not even question if he was called up. We would like we would all be like, Geo, okay, cool. No yeah. one would even second guess, oh, he hasn't played a minute in a month and a half. <laughs> well, in the, but the other thing is, too, is we haven't played with him in this era of Osorio, and we haven't lost. I mean, there. Are, I mean, granted, you could look at some of the games are a little bit of, against weaker teams, but the win in Honduras, that came without him. You know, it's, I mean, yeah. we still have – we've still got a lot of talent on this yeah. – on these rosters. So he's got to – you know, he's got to have consistent uh, stats and – you know, if that changes, I mean, I I can't, I, I don't like a guaranteed spot for him. Oh, and I and I'm I'm totally agree, and I'm I'm back. I'm so happy that we're in the camp of if he's performing. Whereas before, whether it was him, 
Vela or Chicharito or anybody else in Europe, we would be like, oh, they're in Europe, automatic start. Who cares if they haven't seen the field, you know? No, whereas, you got to play. Yeah, whereas now it's like, well, you know what? Gio is struggling. It's okay. We got Chucky, you know? Yeah. You know, things like that, so. But, I mean, it makes it awkward because – Tecatito has been wearing number 10, so if, if he calls up, what happens there? Because Tecatito has been performing every single time he's been with Mexico so far. Hey, man, Gio used to wear number 17. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, another Mexican striker, Chicharito. A big story there is Bayer Leverkusen has clinched Champions League football for next year, and in my mind, that's clinched Chicharito being there next year. I see him there. I don't. Do you guys think he's yeah. gonna move? I know probably Rafa is secretly hoping he moves to Arsenal, but <laughs> I I don't see it happening. But <laughs> he's but no Giroud, know. right? He's no Giroud. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's not even go. Let's not even go on about Giroud. But you're right. I think uh, we should be really happy about about Chicharito, especially if you're a Mexico fan, uh, because he's just been such an integral part of uh, of Bayer Leverkusen and. Uh, and it's not easy. I think it's again, it's easier said than done when uh, when you talk about qualifying to a Champions League. Same with VRL. It, it sounds so easy saying you know, VRL qualified to a Champions League, but uh, these are quality leagues. If you see the Bundesliga and the La Liga on, uh, on a weekly basis, these are very good teams. Uh, the, this is quite an accomplishment to have a, a, a Mexican player play such a huge role in a team uh, like Chicharito did with Bayer Leverkusen. It, it's something to be proud of. Uh, because, again, it's not easy. Bayer Leverkusen had to work hard for it. And I think uh, this this last run they're in, I think it's seven or eight straight wins or something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I mean, it's just been wonderful. Uh, and Chicharito ha, ha, has been scoring goals on a consistent basis. Uh, and I'm happy that, that we get to see a, a team like Bayer Leverkusen, less as a Mexico fan and more as a neutral, because Bayer Leverkusen is a team that, uh, that play that that attracted that attacking brand of football that, that I just mentioned earlier, uh, and this is a team that that deserves to be in the Champions League because uh, of, of how they approach the game, of, of the way of the ways they find to win games, uh, and again, Chicharito's just been massive. Flo, how nice is it to wake up every Saturday morning and and know Chicharito's going to be starting? <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I remember we used to have to wake up and check Real Madrid's Twitter. Man United's Twitter, just hoping, hoping that he'd be at the end for Man United, just hoping that he'd even be on the team on the bench. Yeah. So um, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. And like uh, like he was saying, Bayer they play exciting football, they play attacking football. Not only are we excited that we get to watch Chicharito, but I'm just excited to watch Bayer Leverkusen play in general. I mean, they have a great young team, the the German BBC, <laughs> Bellarabi, Brandt, and Chicharito. I mean, they they play great great football and they have Bert Leno and goal you know so I'm, I'm I'm already excited for next season to see what they can do who knows they might get your boy Salcido too yeah BBCC come on <laughs> 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 oh it's just uh, I'm just so happy every morning I'm like alright well at least I know Chicharito's gonna start no more getting up in the morning seeing he's on the bench alright snooze for another hour and then get up later <laughs> Well, it's not even just starting. I mean, now we're checking the phone for his score because he's literally been on fire since he got there. I think he's been responsible for 30 goals this year, whether it's scoring them or assist. Yeah. Just think about that for a second. That's kind of insane. 
and he found his spot, you know. Yeah. I hope he stays there. I th- I honestly think that's going to be his last European team. I would not have a problem with that cuz that's a young team um and they're clicking. Yeah. I mean, I can see him being there through 2018, maybe 2019, coming to LAFC. I think that's what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to come back to Chile. I think he's going to come to America when he's, like, in his early 30s. Possibly. Which, I mean, it's. I think fans will be okay with more than, like, Gio coming over when he's 26. Yeah, I think he could have, I mean, well. Yeah. He, was, he always had that uh, leg injury, but I think he could have waited until 2018 to make that decision. But, yeah. Um, that's not neither here nor there. Yeah, I mean, I can't fault a guy for taking six million dollars guaranteed and living in LA. I mean, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> but like we were saying, he's not an automatic call up, and I think he knows that. So. Yeah. We'll All right. Well, anything last thing you guys want to talk about before we wrap up this episode? Well, we didn't talk about PSV. Huh? Want to well, talk about true. PSV a bit? All right, uh, I, I think they're they're not going to win the title, right? Unless well, uh, there's there's only one game remaining, and this but, is actually really. I mean, but, this could be really big this weekend. But so they're, PSV, they're, they're behind they're tied, in difference. They're tied with Ajax for for first place, but Ajax control the the goal difference. So I I was kind of paying. I, I woke up early to to watch F one uh, on Sunday. I think it was, uh, and PSV was playing and. Uh, at the time, I think Ajax was just like winning by by a few goals, and uh, actually not a few goals. I think it was just one or, one goal, uh, and then PSV just went crazy. I think they they ended up scoring six goals. Uh, yeah. And you think you're like thinking to two, I think. Yeah, and you're thinking to yourself like, wow, you know, maybe it's possible. Maybe PSV can can catch Ajax on, in goal difference. But then Ajax went went ahead and scored like three more goals, and I'm like, okay, you know, it's it's over. But that's yeah. something to potentially take a uh, have an eye on this weekend. With um, you know, Ajax is going up against uh, second to the bottom uh, team. I think they're they're fighting for relegation. So for them, it's a must win game as well. Uh, now, PSV must need to win. If PSV get the three points, uh, then you know if Ajax drop drop uh, points in their last game of the season, PSV is champions. So this is this is a really interesting position. I mean, most people think Ajax is just going to walk away with the championship. Uh, but you know, with soccer, you just never know. Uh, maybe that because the other team is fighting for relegation. If 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 they get that that win, uh, you know, it, it would be shocking. It would be like quite a fairy tale ending there. Not not Leicester status, but but if PSV win it in the last last game of the season, it, it would be crazy. Uh, but that's something to potentially keep an eye out for for Hector Moreno and Andres Guardado. Yeah, and PSV has played well. I mean, they've won their last five games in a row. It's just Ajax has been just just a little bit better. Not even better. They literally have the same record: twenty-five wins, six draws, and two losses. Just a lot more goals. Just PSV has eighty-five goals, but they've given up thirty-one. Whereas Ajax had eighty and only given up twenty. So, <sighs> if only we had a couple more starts of Moreno left back, we'd have a couple more goals. <laughs> But yeah, that's a, that's a that's a that's a good point. That's a good story. I I saw that and I'm like, there there's no way it's gonna happen. But you never know. I mean, maybe maybe they both win and PSV wins by seven. Yeah, that could happen. That I mean, they did, they did. Yeah, <laughs> they did score six goals. So yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Moreno, Moreno left back hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> he had two goals in one game, didn't he? 
Yes. He had like three goals in a span of like two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that, they're they're a fun team. Well, like the Eredivisie as a whole is pretty fun to watch. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they attack. Yep. Wait, if you're if you're winning two one instead of them bunkering down and holding that lead, they'll go for that third goal. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to touch touch on before we head off? Um, nothing off the top of my head, other than the fact. I mean, we could see Raúl take two double, two, a double, a double, yeah, within a span of from May eighth to May twentieth, he could win two things. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty insane for his first year. Yeah, and they haven't lost since February, so that's even. To Porto, actually. So that's even crazier. It's, he's had a great season, a good bounce-back season from the kind of... I don't want to call it a lost season at Madrid, but... Yeah. It's been uh, much better. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Benfica has 82 goals this season. It's <laughs> <laughs> insane. It's insane. Porto only has 60. I don't know. Any, any, anyone, anyone know what's going on with Layun? Because I keep seeing that he's not. He, he sat out a couple of games, but I don't remember him picking up an injury. He, he, he did pick up a knock, and I think he, I think, supposedly, yeah, and I think, I think maybe one of them might have been yellow card accumulation, or maybe not. But one of them he did pick up a knock in training because I was like, what is going on? And like they tweeted out that he had an uh, abductor injury. Mm. So, yeah, and then Vela was out this week because he had yellow card accumulation. Against Real Madrid. But, Wrong time to get that. Yeah. But well, I guess real quick, I guess Vela. I mean, how how do you guys think he's bounced? He's, I mean, his the technical director came out and said that Vela has to want to be there. Like in the recent interview, he was talking about Vela just maybe not wanting to be a Real a Real Sociedad, just with the wrong attitude. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of tired of it. <laughs> Not his best season, though. Yeah, but like we were talking about earlier, I'm sure he misses Griezmann. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for him. But, eh. All right, well, it's been another episode of the Colorful Kit Podcast. Brian, tell them where they can find your stuff at. Uh, I'm on Twitter. That's Brian RMW. Or you can see my articles at thestoppagetime.com. Flow working the fans find you rambling about the team of the weeks. FIFA. They can find me on Twitter at the real flow F L O, um, or they can follow our pro club at uh, <laughs> at TCKFC on Twitter. And we post stuff all the time, guys. It's yes, pretty videos. <laughs> <laughs> all the heartbreaking losses. It's it's rough, man. It's rough. What about you, Rafa? So it's MexicanFoot.com on on Twitter, at the usual. Uh, trying to get FMF set of mine for SB Nation. Been asking for new writers. So if you're a Global America writer looking for, for a new gig, just hit me up. We can see what we can do about that. But yeah, usually you can watch me ramble on about, about Mexican football. Yeah, so all you Club America fans... Reach out to Rafa if you are interested in writing for uh, 
SB Nation on FMF State of Mind. Probably in English, maybe some Spanglish. I don't know. Yeah. Requirements. <laughs> no, yeah, Spanish for That's true. That'd be awesome. Google Translate, man, it helps. <laughs> and we got a Pumas game coming up today, so. Yeah. I know, that's why we're trying to cut off so Rafa can go watch his Pumas. <laughs> I'm ready to rush out of here. <laughs> and I hope I leave with that. Is today the first day of the knockouts? No, it's the second leg. Oh, the second leg. Oh, second they lost leg? the first one. Yeah, they lost already. Oh, unfortunately. I'll say an Ave Maria for you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I got a feeling I'm not going to be happy to <laughs> That's the way to get the podcast in before, so then you, you know, yeah. at the end, I don't want you going off. <laughs> All right, well, you guys can find me at underscore bones or at the colorful tip. Thanks for listening, everyone.